This is Cleantech Talk, Clean Technica's podcast series interviewing cleantech leaders from around the world. This episode is being sponsored by Tesla Shuttle. Tesla Shuttle is a city-to-city shuttle service using Tesla vehicles and sometimes other electric vehicles that has routes in the United States, Canada, and Europe. With Tesla Shuttle, you can enjoy luxurious, smooth, and clean intercity transport in the safest cars on the road guilt-free. Book a ride today at teslashuttle.com. Tesla Inside Out is a Clean Technica podcast and video series in which Clean Technica CEO Zach Shahan chats with seven-year Tesla insider David Havasi about interesting, funny, and inspiring Tesla history and Tesla news. You can't find anything else like this online, so be sure to subscribe if you like what you hear. So to start, David, you started, he t- started telling me this story last time, uh, which was a long time ago, back when we could interact with humans. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we were talking with uh, Blake, right? We were hanging out with Blake. Is that when I told the story? Oh, I think it was before that. I think it was the last, at the end of the last recording. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Maybe I just reiterated it. Yeah. So what, a- what is your, what is the year and what is the this would- location uh, so the scene it was fall of 2012 uh, model s deliveries had uh, just started really then it had started kind of trickling through the summer and then we started really ramping up home deliveries in in the fall so i had been in california uh, for the summer helping to build the delivery program there and then went back to the northeast to uh, helped set up the first team, and we operated out of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, so the tri-state area, um, and Pennsylvania too. And then, and then we soon got soon got a, a presence in Pennsylvania, so the, the quad state area. So uh, back then, we would do um, all deliveries were home deliveries. So we had uh, a four, we had a, a couple of Ford F two fifty Super Duty um, trucks, and then we had a twenty foot uh, aluminum. 22 foot aluminum feather light trailer um, or U-Haul trailer. I think it was a 17 footer U-Haul trailer. And we would bring the Model S's to, to everyone's home, which at that point were the signature Model S, you know, the first thousand or so uh, vehicles and uh, that people put $40,000 down years before uh, a lot of these people were seeing the car in person for the first time and taking delivery as, as some people maybe listen to this have. Uh, we used to do the first couple deliveries, we would have two personnel, two Tesla personnel go along. We'd go in pairs, just kind of a buddy system uh, because we wanted to figure out any variables. And if something went awry as far as how to rig the car, unload the car, uh, paperwork, um, anything like that, we wanted to have that that redundancy so we could always have a, a team member to bounce off of or assist us with, with something. Or if one person didn't know something, uh, the other person uh, could lend their expertise. We could put our heads together, solve problems, things like that. So we used to do, we used to do the deliveries in, in pairs. Uh, so two Tesla employees um, started going along. Then we, and we knew out of necessity, we'd have to do them solo after a while, just because as the volume uh, started ramping up. So my first, and this, that's the intro into the story. So my first solo delivery 
was in Long Island, and it was to uh, I can't say the the identities of any of the any of the customers, but I can say he was uh, a, a Middle Eastern oil sheik and um, and a billionaire. And uh, so right right away it was it was interesting. We never interacted with with the individual. We only interacted with his fleet supervisor, the guy who managed his cars at all the different locations that he lived. And uh, this place happened to be um, on the, um, he had a place in Manhattan as well, but he also had a place um, in, on the Gold Coast, which is the, the, the coast of Long Island Sound, the northern coast of, of Long Island, um, just past Queens, I mean, as you go into as you go into Long Island, and the Gold Coast is really famous. That's like where all the robber barons, like the like the Carnegies, and uh, had these massive palaces, like uh, like these Downton Abbey style estates that had like thirty live-in servants uh, that were there just to maintain the property and 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 help the families out and and things like that. Uh, that's uh, that's the neighborhood where the Great Gatsby that book. Uh, took place so it's just this opulence like that you you can't you can't imagine so um it was it was interesting to to deal with a client like that the uh, for example this guy was a diplomat so his plates he needed diplomatic plates we had tesla had never done done that before so and we had no partnership with the dmv so um all of the cars sold, no matter where they were in the country, were registered as California cars. Some places still do that, uh, even now, to my understanding. But um, you would have to get a, a California registration, then go to the local DMV, switched out, um, and do this and uh, do this whole thing. The DMV would mail you the plate, depending upon where it was. Then, right there, we had to figure out like. Oh, we'd call the DMV like, okay, we need diplomatic plates and like headquarters, Deer Creek. They're like two people in the entire DMV team for the world at Tesla at that time. And they're like, uh, okay, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna figure that out. So, um, but anyway, my liaison with this particular delivery was the the fleet, the fleet manager. So I pack up the the trailer and the truck, shoot shoot out into to Long Island, and the home had. A couple entrances. There's the main entrance that goes down this very cool winding driveway into this massive sprawling palace of a home. I didn't go into that entrance. <laughs> There's two service entrances around the side, into which one of them I went. So I pull in there, long story short, and uh, it was amazing. This guy had dozens of cars just at that location, and they're all parked. It looked kind of like a horse stable, like if you went to like a, a horse breeding farm or something, but it was cars. It was just like a garage that went like 50 yards. And then they're just every, every car you can imagine. There are Bentleys and Lamborghinis and, and Aston Martins and McLarens. There's the millions of dollars of cars just, just in the driveway there, uh, which was pretty incredible. And he had ordered a, a signature, a black, signature model s 85 non-performance so a very kind of executive understated as you know as, as testicles go and um and the fleet supervisor was there you know waiting for me so 
And I unload the car and I was like, great, where, where do you want it? He's like, yeah, just kind of tuck it in there with all the other cars. I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to go over a brief orientation to go over best practices and basic functionality and things like that. So you could either pass it on to this individual or if you're going to do all the driving or something like that. And the guy goes to me, the fleet supervisor goes, I got to be honest with you. There is a huge chance that this individual never even even gets in this car, let alone even see it. He might, he might not even see this car. This car might go its whole life sitting, sitting in a, in a garage. He goes, a lot of these cars, he, he doesn't, he forgot he even has. And, um, I was like, Oh, okay, great. Well, um, well at least, you know, keep it plugged in, uh, you know, set it at a 50% state of charge just to maintain uh, battery health, uh, the 12 volts, um, you know, things like that. It was so funny. You see, you see all these like Ferraris and, and Rolls Royce, and then you had like the, the 12 volt trickle charger going to the battery, you know, so none of their batteries would die because they just sat idle and, and the, uh, for the longest time. And the guy, uh, the fleet supervisor is like, yeah, he goes, it's actually a pretty sweet gig. I just make sure wherever this person is, he has the car he wants. It's fueled up. It's clean. Uh, and, and ready to go. And I, I mean, you know, maintain them. Uh, he's like, but most of the time they sit idle. He's like, I drive them around each one, like once a week, just to get the oil circulating and things like that. Make sure the tire doesn't get a flat spot. Um, so like, wow, it's pretty, pretty surreal, pretty cool, pretty cool job. So the, uh, so I go through the orientation and just so he knew the basic functionality of the car. And we take it for granted now how how the, the differences between uh, a Tesla and a conventional car. But wh- back then it was like you got abducted by UFO when you got in that car. For a lot of people, it still, it still is like that. They're like, what is this? What am I looking at? But particularly like um, a car guy who maintains cars and things like that, it, it kind of flipped his notion. It was like, yeah, no more oil changes. You know, don't have to worry, don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about exhaust. You don't have to worry about you know, all, uh, all these things. So, um, so it was a really cool guy. It was a great, a great, great delivery experience. And, uh, but the kind of the cool punchline of the story is, remember he said, this guy might not even ever drive, drive this car. And the car wasn't, remember, it was also in the company of the most, the, the greatest cars you can possibly buy. So it's like the most jaded car owner you could possibly imagine. Like money is basically just make-believe to this, to this person. You can have any car he wants at any time. Um, so the fleet supervisor cars, calls our delivery uh, office, which was in that time was in Long Island City, Queens, uh, a location that is now a, a battery lab uh, for, for Tesla. And uh, the fleet supervisor goes, this individual only drives the Tesla. He drives no other cars. All the other cars are collecting dust. He insists on driving the Tesla everywhere he goes. And he wants to get, uh, he wants to put down a deposit uh, on a Model X uh, signature as soon as, as soon as possible. And uh, I was like, great. So I actually directed him to the sales team in Long Island at that time because delivery had nothing to do with, with sales. But that that's just, this illustrates that, uh, that, that how amazing uh, the cars are that um, it, that it snagged that guy's uh, this individual's attention, and now uh, 
all the other cars. And there have been several examples of like that since since uh, which we can you know elaborate on if if you care to. But that's the story of the uh, of the oil sheet billionaire. Uh, my first solo delivery uh, at Tesla. Uh, that's that's uh, yeah, I love that story. There's it, is everyone wait. still awake? <laughs> right. As you can tell, brevity is not one of my strengths. So call it oh, that's right. that was perfect. I think that was pretty much uh, ideal. Perfect. What we I was interviewing Akon, this R&B, R&B singer, rapper. You may have seen this years ago. It's like four or five years ago. Uh, interviewing him in, in Abu Dhabi about a solar company he has where he's doing solar, solar power in Africa. Very cool stuff. And uh, I thought it was about that, but I thought I'd interject in the middle, sort of give him a nudge to get a Tesla if he'd never got one. So I was, got so, it. So I was like, you know, hey, and you ever, what about a Tesla? Or something like, and you got a Tesla yet or something like that? And he lit up. He loved his company, of course, his solar company. But as soon as Tesla was mentioned, he lit up. His eyes like got bigger. And he's like, oh, man, I used to have like 28 cars, Ferraris, BMWs, everything. I got rid of all of them. I just have four Teslas now. Two Model S, two Model X, you know, two in Atlanta, two in L.A. And uh, he was just like, it's just so much better. And, uh, and it was funny, too, because this was like, there were like 160 Model Xs out there at that point or something. So I was like, you have Model X? I was like, you sure? Like, 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 seriously, you have two Model Xs? Nobody has Model Xs. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got, you know, first ones, you know, best top of the line, all this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he was just so excited about it. And it was just hilarious, again, that he just was like, all of these other cars are crap. <laughs> just, yeah. So we, we have one question, but I'll let you follow up maybe with one more while we wait for more questions to come in. Or we can answer this question, and then you can follow up with, uh, you also had a story, a story, I don't know if you can share it, of... Uh, of another person out on the rich beach area um, where the, the lady got a Tesla. I don't know if we can share that story or not. Uh, which, wait, which one? Wait, which one was a it? Cer- a certain uh, wife got a Tesla, the sort of as an agreement, part of the deal. Um, uh, I don't know. We will have, I mean, you can I mean, I can, I can, I uh, I mean, I, I think it's broad enough. I don't know. You can yeah. answer. You can answer the questions while you think about it. We have two questions here. Yeah. Uh, we'll put. Um, <laughs> sorry, oh, funny oh, sorry. one. One question, but it's uh, it's Vince. Oh, there he is. There he is. There's his name. I didn't shave today. Okay. Well, you can reject him. Oh, there you go. Here he is. Hey, the human. Wow. Hey. How are you doing? Human contact. Okay. So I just had a question. Uh, Tesla has been announcing a lot of uh, the utility scale or projects uh there was the one in australia california and recently in hawaii pretty pretty huge uh these are big batteries and i was just wondering if you if you had any insight on the battery chemistry of these uh, large batteries of the new of the mega pack yeah yeah what, what what do they use in terms of the uh the the, the metals and the, the lithium and the nickel and the cobalt etc you know i'm not i'm not privy to that one um I'm exang- I'm pretty anxious as as I'm sure you are with the with the battery with the battery day. I'm hoping they still do it just you know just remotely. You know, I I think that's something that they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, it just make a really slick you know online presentation. But um, I don't know. It'd just be conjecture for me to say. I can make some pretty educated guesses. Um, but as with Tesla, you know, there's they're always in a state of of development really, really aggressively. I think it's to a point that people don't even still realize um, how aggressively they are constantly uh, iterating their products. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine uh, ba- battery day is going to be a, a revelation for a lot of, for a lot of people across maybe, the board. 
maybe you said you're looking forward to maybe you could just say what you're you know what you're looking forward to learning about from battery day um i mean the big things are um cost per kilowatt hour will be huge and then also uh cycle uh you know cycle rating retention uh you know pretty 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 fundamental things uh energy density we can extrapolate to estimate what what these things will be i mean for example the the you know when the cyber truck came out the 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 appearance of the cyber truck got all the headlines but it's the, i think the biggest part the biggest bit the most exciting bit of that entire presentation is that they're going to have a club cab truck that has 500 miles of range <laughs> it's like it's like hello at what price at what price was yeah, that one? Yeah, exactly. yeah, 69.9, right? So th there is a massive underlying development there uh, from, from a technology standpoint. And it's, it's, fascinating, it's fascinating that, I mean, I get why the narrative went to the appearance of the, the truck, because it, it, was, it is, was an issue shocking. But to me, the appearance was like second place be like um i mean to me it was like yeah the thing looks wacky but what about the <laughs> the battery you know so i think um extrapolating from that the fact that you can have a vehicle that's going to be inherently heavy have a range of 500 miles at a cost of 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 699 is is crazy is crazy so i think the the um costs uh, cost per kilowatt hour and, and things like that are really going to be crazy because because then and kind of roll into your 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 question events uh, oh, I, I didn't touch anything the chemistry or things like that but I think it'll be profound from a utility scale because as we're seeing in in Australia and in California and you know, in Hawaii all these all, the, all these other places the cost savings that they're getting and they're recouping are 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 staggering. Uh, when you see it in practice, it's it it it, it does become this no brainer. Where utilities are like, oh yeah, we should totally deploy this. This actually this makes it this makes a ton of sense. And uh, and like Elon said, a, a, a huge misperception is that Tesla is like at odds with utilities because they're trying to accelerate home solar and making homes energy independent. Um, grid independent and um so that kind of like like where the gas with gasoline you know the cars no longer use gas that's that's true <laughs> that's that's not good for for gasoline because i haven't used gas in six years so they haven't made money out of me you know at least not from, from gasoline and uh but for utilities utilities dole out energy they don't really for, for the most part they don't really care how they get it so um if they can do that cheaply and then they'll, if they'll deploy Tesla's technology, they'd be all for it for the most part um, when they start looking, looking at the books. So it's, it's really exciting when you take uh, the information from the Cybertruck unveiling and you can extrapolate from that uh, as far as uh, where Tesla is and, and where they're about to be very soon. I actually made this, and this is kind of this, this is, this is very kind of beautiful mind like scratchings of a madman, but I uh, actually took uh, the original, <laughs> it's very, very professional. I this is um, 
and you can't really see it, but just, just to show you how incredibly juvenile I am. This is the, um, it was basically for fun, I compared the base 2012 Tesla Model S, 85 kilowatt hour to the 2020 Model S. And it's, it's like, it's so, it's so absurd. You know, already the, the 2012 Model S you know, with 265 miles of range, as it's it, it it would already be competitive as far as the the capabilities of the car now with the EV offerings that are that are that are coming out at yeah. that price point. And I, um, I have, to, have to say, I think we did a pretty good job of talking about that previously. If if anyone hasn't watched that episode of us talking about the evolution of uh, of EV batteries and Tesla and and then performance also, which is two sort of evolutions. Fun. Yeah. So, um, well, I'll give you uh, three options here, uh, and, unless we have other questioners have questions. So, so one uh, you mentioned earlier, people don't realize how much Tesla is innovating. The, last year, we had an article, uh, or the year before, I, I don't, from Alex Voigt uh, about wake up call for German automakers. Long piece, very popular, and Elon responded on Twitter: "Innovation is all that matters, or pace of innovation is all that matters." Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of been a key line that we've come back to so many times with stories. And it just, it's, it's interesting that that was his one short response to this long piece, pace of innovation is all that matters. So I don't know if you want to talk about that more, if you would like to talk about that story I mentioned that might not be, um, you might not be able to talk about or no, or if you want to talk about other stories like this uh, kind of oil chic story where you kind of had a, had a crazy situation of, um, Sorry, we lost. Okay, a crazy situation of, you know, people like with everything just being gung-ho about Tesla. Yeah. Uh, well, just to, to talk about the pace of innovation thing, because I think that that's a big narrative out there is that uh, it, for a long time, people are like, oh, the automakers, they have so many, they have so much more capability and they... Um, and supply chain and and factories and, and and global reach and so they'll catch up no problem and they'll just like squash you know Tesla like a bug or something and that was kind of this narrative for a long time and uh, and also the this there's this debate of is there a, do they have a moat uh, are there any elements of Tesla's business that are considered a moat or you know hard to cross and um, and uh, people would argue that they don't, and then pro-Tesla people would argue they do. And and interestingly, Elon would say that Tesla th- does not have a moat, which you know I personally, you know, semantically, I I think there are definitely a few moats. I think a lot of people agree. Um, but uh, that's this is the kind of the first time that Elon had said publicly he introduced that concept when he said Tesla does not have a moat. It's pace of innovation is is the key um that's yeah. th- th- that is the key and then um and then when you see you know like the head of volkswagen doing interviews where he's saying you know you say oh we're gonna we're gonna we think we can surpass tesla the narrative is now changed like we're really trying to keep up we think we can keep up and um they've kind of they're selling he said well, they're selling the cars of the future today that's why, because this reporter asked, why are Tesla cars so appealing? And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he basically said, well, they're selling the cars 
of the future today, <laughs> which that's kind of, you know, like, of course, you know, it's like, you know, if you go back to, if you go back to 2010 and you start selling iPhone 11s, they would probably very, be very popular. <laughs> People are like, wow, this is, this is like Star Trek technology. This isn't like my Motorola Razor flip phone at all, you know, so um, it doesn't take much to. I, and I feel, I feel like from the investment side the kind of industry side that's what you i think has become more clear in the past couple of years and i think what you said with the cyber truck that was the most shocking thing for us as well the, the range for the price uh we had like 20 articles in a couple of days about the cyber truck about all kinds of things but there was one i think about that that highlighted the biggest story is the price for the range and that's again mm -hmm. just a, it's about it's like about a cra you know crazy pace of innovation that they're on that they expect to be there by the time cyber truck comes out and of course, that's Vince. Vince's question was basically trying to get at like, where's, what are they innovating on batteries? You know, what is, uh, but we also had him kind of give that response to another article where we had an article about Xpeng, this uh, Xiaopeng, this uh, <laughs> Chinese, Chinese company that sort of, you know, basically looks very similar to Tesla in a lot of ways and reportedly stole Tesla's. Uh, yeah. Autopilot stuff. It's the, yeah, it's the Canal Street knockoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we had a writer write something about it without mentioning the the story that they reportedly stole Tesla's IP, and Elon responded like, uh, sort of critical and laughing about that, or, or something, laughing about the you know uh, some something about that. And then in a little discussion, he was like, "Well, it doesn't matter. You know, they you know it's about innovation. It's about like." they're just they have a static yeah. i it's like okay they're stuck there we're way past there and we're developing everything you know, yeah so it's it like, doesn't really matter yeah they, they, it, it was like ap1 stuff you know so it's kind of like you know that'd be like you know yeah it, it, it'd be like st stealing an operating system code for like the, the iphone 2 and be like ha ah, we've got apple now <laughs> it's like it's like well you would have had us if it was you know you know six years ago but now you're you're, you're now you're really perfecting six-year-old technology like bravo you know so yeah they'll bring that to market and be, people will be like wow cool this is like way lamer than Tesla's thing. They're like, but we took all this time to steal it and develop it. No. So, um, and again, that's a, it, it boils down to uh, tackling hard, hard problems. And, and that's what, and that's where Tesla is so, is so successful. I recently tweeted uh, this morning, in fact, uh, someone uh, on Twitter, and I, I don't get into Twitter very much, but if I happen to say, I'll, I'll just throw a nugget out there just, just to, put in my two cents because that's what Twitter's all about. And uh, someone, uh, uh, a notable uh, figure, public figure, said that um, the the efficiency standards were were impossible to meet, so we got rid of them. And I, I, I tweeted, and I, I, I'm not a political, I tried to be apolitical, but just to base out, I was like, impossible is a, that's a very un-American word. Uh, impossible is a word that, that weak-minded people use to to defer responsibility of doing something that's hard. Uh, they'll be like, oh, well, it's impossible. And people will be like, oh, it's impossible. Oh, sorry. Oh, you know what? Well, then forget it. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry we even asked. I mean, it's, it's obviously impossible. So, I mean, just... Fight. And I mean, the other absurd thing about that was even years ago, that was possible. Like, this is not even close to impossible. It's like, it was impossible. It was possible several years ago. All they had to do was electrify more. And it's like, the absurdity of it is like, you know, what they call basically gaslighting. It's like, it makes no sense to someone who knows anything about the industry. It's beyond possible. It's like, it's like, 
how can you not even <laughs> so it's, it was just crazy comment it was a you know a government official well let's uh, if no one else has questions right now uh you can choose if you want to talk more about that innovation or um the uh these other kind of uh customers you've had clients you've had and uh sort of shocking stories uh well i think uh well just on that theme of of people that have have given up their given up their gas cars even if they have a, like a, a myriad of, of cars for tesla i don't know did we cover that in in another one where because i have a i have a couple of i don't, stories I don't think so i don't people I don't, yeah but uh yeah well yeah the close the close the, to close the thing on in, impossible you know i would say just to, to my closing thought on that whole impossible thing is way more things are possible than people think but it's not that it's impossible it's just that it's just that people are too lazy to do it. They, they don't want to feel pain. They don't want to feel, they don't want to um, put in the, the dedication necessary to, to do it. So, uh, so that's, that's my piece on that. But yeah, there's, a, there's been a couple, you know, so that Sheik story, or the, you know, the, the, uh, my first delivery, where you had this example of, of uh, a, a person that had, could have any car they wanted and then uh, once they experienced the Tesla, all those cars were were, were kind of took played second fiddle. There's this there's this other one. It was in it was in Connecticut, and I didn't interact with this person, but it was in a local paper. Uh, and this is this is back in the day. It's probably like in 2013. And this guy had got um, it was he had it was like this op-ed piece. It was it was really interesting. He so he had a Lexus LS and he was like, I loved it. It was my favorite car. He's, you know, it's like, it's like your favorite pair of tennis shoes where you just love them. You wear them every day, but then they, they, and maybe they start getting too worn out, but you just can't let them go. But, and then the time comes where you, you have to get a new pair of shoes, you know? And, and it was kind of like that with his car. And he's, he's like, I love my, my Lexus because it was, it was quiet. It was quick. It was high tech, you know, all, all the things you want in a car it was. So, and, but he, the time came where it needed to be replaced. So he said, and he goes, I wanted to, I wanted to make, if I was going to replace this car as the favorite car, most favorite car I ever owned, it's like I wanted to make a really bold choice. So there's this new car, this the Tesla, uh, and he goes, that's, that's what I'm going to replace it with. Uh, I'm going to kind of go, go bold. Because again, back then Tesla was um, not, not as recognized as, as it is today. So Definitely not it. mainstream. 2013 would have been the year after the Model S was launched. Correct, yeah. And I think this was winter of 13. So yeah, Model S has been launched well under a year at this point. Uh, probably the first, first six months of its launch. And... Um, but he, this guy just, he couldn't let go of his Lexus LS. He couldn't bring himself to, uh, to get rid of it. So it still sat, it sat in his driveway. And so he takes delivery of his, of his Model S and he loves it. He's driving it around, driving it around. And then he says, um, and, and, his, and his Lexus just sat there. And after uh, like a week or two, he's like, man, you know, I should drive the Lexus. You know, you should cycle the oil and, you know, have the 12 volt, you know, have and the alternator, you know, run to check. So he's like, you know what, I'm going to take the, the Lexus LS just for a little spin. 
you know, for nostalgia, for all time's sake, because ah, he, he really loved that car. And he goes, and remember, he's like, I loved the Lexus LS for how quiet it was, how quick it was, how tech, it, how high tech it was. He's like, when I drove it again, he's like, I couldn't believe how loud, slow, low tech it was. He goes, it was, it seemed like such a silly car. And, uh, and he said it, it was really shocking to him because, uh, that, uh, that juxtaposition, you know, uh, what Mitch album calls, uh, uh, the dynamics of opposites when you taste test two things right after each other uh, how how your palate can can change that quickly and when he was like he was like oh my god this was this thing that i coveted for so long for so i was so sure it's gonna be the, the greatest car i ever owned and and he, and he said it was it, it it seemed like prehistoric uh and and subpar uh, after just a week or two of driving. So I thought that, I thought that was pretty interesting. Was- thank you for joining. Um, <laughs> thank you, everyone. Thank you, David. Any final words, David? Uh, well, everyone be well. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, drop us a note. We are looking for more clean tech leaders to highlight on a regular basis as we fund a clean tech talk.